We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perhatch, joined always by the Reverend and Model UN. What's up, kids? <laughs> oh, man. I've been saving that, that for You're so long. waiting to break that up. Like a whole week I've been saving this joke, and I was like, I'm going to tell him. No, I can't tell him. I can't tell him. I'm going to spoil it. So, Reverend, yeah. how did everything go? Went great. Only went off with one hitch, Steve. Well, okay. One one. <laughs> No. What'd you do? Uh, What'd you do? No, yeah, no, it went really well. Um, it was out at, uh, if you know the Kentucky area at all, it was out at Red River Gorge, which is a nice kind of hiking area. It was kind of overlooking a cliff face. The ceremony itself was down in the woods. Uh, no one fainted. That's a I, I, did, I did not stumble. Uh, I didn't really mess up at all. And everyone ended up married at the end. And then I um, DJed the reception at the end of it as well. And that also went well. So, yeah, overall, a really good night uh, for my first wedding ceremony. Could not have asked for anything better. It was amazing. I love like your... the, the reverend of like dude ship. Is that where it's from? Uh, <laughs> I am. A, 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 it's the church. I'm a dudist priest. I am a dudist. Dudist priest from the Church of Latter Day Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote on the. I had to write that on the uh, wedding certificate. Yeah, like the marriage the certificate document. was the yeah. The Church of Latter Day Dudes is on the wedding certificate. Um, Outstanding. Outside, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's perfect. I loved your thread of like when you were there and it was the picture and it was such a pretty venue. And then you post a selfie under it. You're like, nailed it. And then (laughs) it was your like DJ stand. And I think you said like, let's dance or something like that. Or now let's dance. And I was like, this is so wholesome. He's having so much fun. I was really proud. I was really proud of myself. And uh, yeah, I had an absolute blast, man. The first song you could get the reception was, uh, Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody, and that absolutely killed. Ooh, Just everyone went yes. nuts. It was, uh, yeah, it was incredible. Good day. I this am actually going to a wedding this weekend, so I don't know if it will be officiated by a dudist, but <laughs> we'll see. We well, will see. And if they need someone and they'll pay fees, just let me know. <laughs> Come on down. Dusty has no problem flying to Florida. It'll work. No, yeah, no, I just pay a, just a modest retainer, and uh, and I'll be good to, be good to go. Sarah, how's Florida? 
It is good. Tomorrow it is getting in the 60s here, so it is officially winter time for us <laughs> Floridians. Um, no, but on a serious note, I'm very excited because it has been disgustingly hot. Last week it was still in the mid-90s, and it was awful. And so this week it has rained every single day, and usually I'd be very annoyed, but now this rain is supposed to bring in some slightly cooler air. So this is very exciting. Everyone in my classes and everything it has been ridiculous we've been kind of like one more day like one more day and then we can like walk to class without sweating and like so it's a very exciting time in florida right now because it's officially quote-unquote fall time <laughs> whether it feels like it or not but for us this is a big deal we open up the windows and everything so Ooh, um, open windows and everything yeah. it's exciting so I'm excited. I hate the hot weather. I hate it. I hate it. So I enjoy when it starts to get cooler here. Sorry. So you hate the hot weather since you live in Florida? Well, I hate it. Like <laughs> when I go anywhere else in the U.S., I'm like, oh, it's so much better. Or even if it's hot, it's a different kind of hot. The humidity here is just disgusting. And I mean, I'm used to it because I've lived in it my whole life, but it's nasty and I don't like it. Sure, that makes total sense. <laughs> total sense. All right. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are 4-1. and one. Let's go. Sarah is 3-2 and two on her predictions. Yeah, and <laughs> I am happy that I was wrong. Again, you were tweeting. I know. Sarah I'm... said the Cowboys were going to win. <laughs> I, You literally left out the giant section after where I well, said, I no really, fun. really hope I'm wrong. It's no I fun to point that part out. I just want to prove that you were wrong. Yeah, Sarah, it's it's for the best if you don't pay attention to Steve. Just in general, I was going to say something else after that, and I decided <laughs> not to. Just don't pay attention to Steve, and your life will be better. Ah. Uh, well, has already started. Okay, cool. <laughs> I decided that this week, or in every other week, I'm just going to pick what I don't want to happen, or what I don't think is going to happen, because I'm so bad at this that it'll just be the opposite. Come on, you're three and two. You made one bad pick. It's not that big a deal. Mm. But the Packers won. They won 34 to 24. They were out to a 31-3 lead. So we haven't talked to Packers Nation through this podcast for the three of us about what happened. So, Dusty, you want to hit me? What were your just overall takes from the game? Uh, I mean, we talked at length last week. I feel like at length. I don't know. We did offense versus defense, I guess. But I know one of the fears kind of going in was the way the Packers run defense looked against the Eagles versus, you know, kind of going up against. Uh, and we talked, I think we talked about that with the, the, the tackles being out and how that might shake things, but they're going up against the Cowboys who traditionally like to set the run before they start passing too much. That's, that's been their model for a while. Uh, they did so, so well against the run just from like after, and part of that was, you know, they got out to that big lead. They maybe forced the pass a little bit more, uh, but they played pretty well against the run. Um, you know, a couple, a couple of big chunks early on. So I thought that was, I really like that. I, I thought, I think going into that game was, uh, the Eagles game to me was kind of, it was a short week, so you never really can think too much. But you hate those losses where it may expose kind of a fatal flaw, something that people can exploit. And that Eagles game was, you could say it's a short week, but you could also say, well, it's been a couple of weeks in a row now that the other team has been able to run on them. And maybe they're very good except for like a terrible, terrible run defense. Uh, so I feel much better about the team after after doing what they did against the Cowboys in their run game. So I think that was my take. I mean, you know, it got a little more interesting down the stretch. Uh, thank God for the uh, Cowboys kicker for missing a couple kicks, including that one big one, so we didn't have to suffer an onside kick. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, coming out of that, I feel much better than I did. Well, clearly, I feel better coming out of the win than I do against a loss, I guess. But uh, that run defense doesn't concern me quite as much as it did. Um, so it was exciting. Yeah, thank God for that false start. I mean, that was oh, gosh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was shocking. Like I, as soon as as soon as he just he booted that kid to right, I'm like, oh my God, I, I love it, but man, what a horrible time for a false rough, start. Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As soon as he kicked it and it was good, and they called it back, I literally said out loud, I was like, he's he's gonna miss it now. That oh, I feel like that always happens. They make the first one and then it just doesn't work out and it's unfortunate, but luckily it fell our way that time. Yeah. I mean, even then, like 
It was still, what, a 33-yard kick? Like, it's not like it knocked him from, like... 32, yeah. 55 to 58 or something. Like, it's... Or, I'm sorry, 55 to 60 or something. Like, that was still a very, very bankable kick. Uh, The very, very uncommon three-yard penalty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he false started two yards down the field. Um, Kind of nuts. Yeah, I think... I mean, it was just an exciting game. Like, you saw the offense kind of take off. I mean, I love the fact that Aaron Jones was completely featured in this offense and again this is something i will say is like oh jamal williams and aaron jones should be getting the same amount of touch no that's complete crap uh you saw aaron jones like every time he's featured he just breaks out and all of a sudden the packers start flying on offense and that was my big takeaway like he's a stud i want him to get the ball in that capacity like the run game the pass game like i think that's that's just the way that they're going to succeed, and I really hope that it's not going to be this week is going to be five, six carries and five, six catches, and I'm, I'm a little fearful that's what's going to happen because their offense has kind of adapted quite well to defenses, but Aaron Jones is my big takeaway. So that's kind of – where we sat, the Packers are four and one Monday night football against the lions. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, we've got a couple of news and notes. Nothing really big has happened since, um, they're playing on Monday night. So we don't actually have an injury report to talk about today. So there's one thing to talk about. The Packers signed, uh, Ethan Wolf to the practice squad. I mean, are you guys good? Or that's pretty much we're all covered, right? Next. Yeah. Next. Uh, he, he, so he's a tight end. Um, he's signed to the practice squad at their last open spots. He is from the University of Tennessee, undrafted last year, really kind of like tagged on to a couple practice squads here and there through a couple training camps. No meaningful time in the NFL, so it's kind of a nothing burger pretty much. Yeah, I actually looked at – I watched some Tennessee highlights, and the video I found was only like – like not even the routes, just legitimately him catching balls and then turning up field. He did not run the 40 at the combine. Uh, his estimated 40 time was like 4.9. Uh, oh. Yeah, not great. Um, that's that's my uh, that's my contribution. Not not great. He's a body. Yeah, not not super excited about that one. However, something that popped up on Twitter today, uh, the Buccaneers have released Dayon Buchanan. So he's kind of that hybrid line inside linebacker safety role, you know, a Raven green um, Redmond, like that, that type of role. Is this something that you guys would potentially think the Packers should take a flyer on? Because, you know, as, as we all know, because everybody's, who listens to this is most likely in tune with Cheesehead TV. And Nagler will always, as soon as somebody's released, as soon as a free agent comes around or a trade comes around, he just he'll post. He'll say no, or maybe like that. That's it. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a yes from him. Is it, anybody ever seen a yes from him? I feel like I've seen a yes, but I'm blanking on what it was. But I do feel like yeah. I've seen a yes. Like this offseason, I feel like I saw close one. Close to it. Yeah. Something okay. Close to a yes. But My there favorite. was a, this. This was a maybe. Yeah. Okay, your favorite. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say my favorite one of his was the Antonio Brown one. And it's just <laughs> a video. And it's like, should the Packers sign Antonio Brown? Or and It's just a video of him, and it's five seconds long. And he just looks at the screen, and he takes a very deep breath, and he goes, no. And the video just ends. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's outstanding. That, I mean, I will I – will forever say that i i thought that was a good idea and i'm so unbelievably happy to be proved wrong on that 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 was a just would have been a horrible horrible thing for the packers to bring in <laughs> Brown. but what do you think damn damn weekend like you know me i've been beating the drum for an inside linebacker i don't think they're they they should be comfortable with what they have i want somebody you know like the roquan smith i want i want a stud inside linebacker and the packers haven't had that in decades is that right is that i mean i I know i always go barnett i go nick barnett was he a stud though nick barnett was incredible i think people forget how good nick barnett was because uh he faded a bit and then he kind of battled injuries and stuff like nick barnett at peak nick barnett was like it was incredible like good closing speed sideline to sideline linebacker 
Uh, I my that's my that go-to. Was... How long? That was like 2005. It was a very long time ago. It was a very long time. So, ago. I mean, that's for me. This is this is the kind of guy that I would I would bring in. I would I think this makes your 53 man roster better. I think it gives Oren Burks competition, Ty Summers competition. Like I think he jumps right into that potentially number two role, uh, and he can he can go with. Um, you know, Redmond as a third safety. I think that's something that could be really good. We've kind of discussed a little bit before this started what happened with him because he signed with the Buccaneers and on a one-year kind of prove-it deal, and he was in a system that he was comfortable with, and they played him in eight defensive snaps. So we're still trying to figure out what happened. Like, Sarah, you've got a friend at, like, Bucks Nation or something, right? Yes, yeah, so one of my good buddies, Bailey, he's a writer at Bucks Nation, and he does all sorts of stuff for them. And so I kind of I texted him before this and said, "Hey, what do you think about this? What are what are your thoughts on him?" And just kind of getting a general like synopsis of what's going on here. And he basically he said when they signed him, he was really excited and interested to see what he would do, and that he was already familiar with some of the system and with some of the staff because he was originally back in Arizona and then he said the season came and he pretty much completely forgot about him um he mentioned the eight eight defensive snaps in five games as well and he said it was bizarre because there was like this hype around him when he joined the team and then it was all of a sudden he just kind of dropped off no one knew why they didn't see him and now he's kind of just like I'm whatever about it I don't I don't feel strongly about it either way, but um, yeah, my buddy Bailey, who's at Bucks Nation, said it was a little weird and there was just nothing going on there. Yeah, we were kind of discussing a little bit too, just because couldn't quite figure out why they would bring him in and then started discussing a little bit. So they sign him. They have Levante David on on uh, the roster already and then drafted Devin White. So, I mean, I think he was fifth overall. So, I mean, that guy, obviously, that guy's going to start right away. And then you pair him with Levante David, that kind of, that role that he was probably brought into, it kind of disappeared pretty quickly. I don't know. And then they've got Kevin Minter as well. Like, he doesn't have, like, there's just not the depth. Their their depth is actually really good. And they actually even have Jack Sitchie as, like, a, a third on the depth chart. So, I think... I'd be open to it. We were kind of toying around with uh, who you would want to cut from the Packers 53. Dusty, where did you stand on that aspect? Yeah, I went with uh, – it's tough to make cuts, but I just think based on – we've talked about it here before, but the uh, kind of roster churn thing that uh, that Gutekunst likes to do where he's kind of – you're picking out a guy, you're you're seeing if something shakes, if if something doesn't. It's just a constant kind of releasing and and signing of the bottom just to see kind of uh, who, who shakes out. I think it's almost like a last man in type of thing. So for me, it's uh, it's Tim Williams. I know we talked about Tim Williams last week, and it was kind of an intriguing pick. But that's kind of that's a pick that, if it hits, that's exciting. But also, if it doesn't, uh, you you can cut him and not really. You can cut him for someone that may be able to help you a little bit more and and not really kill yourself too much over it. So I think just based on what I think Buchanan could bring if he is the Dayon Buchanan that, uh, that I know a lot of us remember. Um, and like we said, we don't know exactly what's been going on with him this year. Um, I think Tim Williams, Tim Williams to me seems like the no brainer. I think Tim Williams or, or Tremont Smith are kind of my two. It's, it's tough to make many other cuts, man. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, go ahead, sir. Oh, you're, you you're good. All I you. was, yeah. Tremont Smith was one of the ones we talked about just because, you know, kickoffs are really, not doing much anymore. And if you're trusting Shepard with the punt returns, he's probably good enough to be able to do a kick return and, you know, let the ball fly over his head. So that would probably be my aspect. I did kind of take a peek at some of the cornerbacks at the bottom end, uh, you know, Holloman or um, Chandon Sullivan. And I, I mean, I, if, if you're telling me I have to cut a cornerback or I have to, cut a kick returner yeah i'm probably gonna kick returner yeah that kind of makes the most sense to me so it'll be interesting to see where he goes if he thinks he's got a chance to start that kind of stuff so just something to monitor because 
anytime anybody gets cut ever from any team, the Packers fans always start clamoring. <laughs> as soon as like anytime it's like, oh, this guy might be up for a trade. Oh, Nagler, what is it gonna happen? Is he gonna trade? Is he gonna trade? No. So but I thought this was one that actually could potentially help them with their inside linebacker non-depth, I guess I would call it. So and you guys know that's near and dear to my heart. I've been pining for inside linebackers for as long as we've known each other. Well, and like based on what Patton likes to do too, which is kind of go a little DB heavy. You don't kind of know who's covering who and where the pressure is coming from. Buchanan, if again, if he's the Buchanan that we kind of mm-hmm. think about when we think of like kind of when he came in as as we kind of talk, well, the, one of the first kind of hybrid linebacker DB guys that really kind of hit and hit big. Um, if he is that guy, he could fit really, really well in a Petten system. It's just a matter of kind of where where he is right now. But that seems like a guy who could play inside linebacker or drop back it would be perfect for the kind of chaos that that Petten likes to kind of breed up front. Completely agree. We are five games into the season. The Green Bay Packers are sitting at four and one, and I don't know if any of us actually thought this was possible. So just wanted to kind of do a quick recap of the season and talk about what you guys like, what you don't like. I mean, we know Dusty writes articles all the time and likes the schemes, but just a general recap. Like, give me one thing you are really excited about for what you've seen so far, surprising, and then one thing that you're hoping they can kind of work on as they go. So, Sarah, let's start with you. So something that's been exciting for me, and I don't want to say unexpected, but I guess I wasn't totally ready for it to happen, was Rodgers playing more conservatively. And I think he is doing so in in the right ways. And I'm sure a lot of you guys that are listening, uh, listened or read up on uh, his interview with Favre and their conversation that they had. And, you know, the basic takeaway from it was Rodgers said, I've statistically accomplished so much as a quarterback and I can't really do much more statistically. And he was saying that far really taught him that at that point in your career, you start thinking about wins and that's what matters and championships and winning the games. And I know a lot last year, people were kind of criticizing Rogers and getting on him saying, Oh, he's playing hero ball. He's trying to do this and that. And he wants to be this kind of player. And people were kind of comparing him to Tom Brady saying he has to be able to adapt to, like different schemes and the system and everything. If he wants to maintain, you know, a higher level of play for a long time. And I think we're starting to see him realize that too. So I, obviously I thought he was going to get to that point eventually, but I don't know if I was like, Oh, this year is definitely the year that Aaron Rodgers is going to click with that and kind of start to play more conservatively. So that's kind of been surprising to me, but it's also been really interesting to watch. And I think it's working in their advantage uh, I know, Dusty, when we were talking before this, you said um, after the game, Roger said, oh, you know, this was my best game that I felt I played. And he didn't throw a touchdown pass. But that, I think, goes a long way in saying that his mindset is a little bit different, but it's only for the benefit of the team. So that's something that I've kind of been impressed with so far. And as far as what I'd like to see them do, I'd really like to see them play a game consistently through on the defensive side of things. It seems like there's always a quarter or there's always a – couple drives in a row where they really let things slip and if they have a significant lead they kind of let a team um, creep back in a little bit so I'd like to see just a full-fledged there has been I think maybe one or two so about half of their games where they have had that almost full performance but really seeing them finish a game out from beginning to end they've improved in a lot of ways and look really great in compared to what they did at this time last year. But I think just finishing that up a little bit, polishing that off and playing some more full, complete games is something I'm hoping we will see more as the season goes on too. Yeah, I like, and Steve, you mentioned it, I'm, I'm pretty deep into the, the passing scheme stuff. I'd say probably more than um, a lot of people, um, which is, you know. For no, good, don't say for, that. For, <laughs> for, for good or ill, I guess. Most probably. people are that deep into the pack well, passing yeah, I don't I really- Think you're stretching with that, Dusty. Like, I don't like to assume what most people do with their time. Is a thing. I they, they they're free to live their life however they want to live and do whatever they want to do. Uh, so they can they can do what they feel. Um, so yeah, I mean just just watching what this offense has been doing week to week. I mean we're starting to see more. You know the the big Lafleur thing, obviously that 
a lot of people have been talking about and kind of the, the, the phrase I believe he started using was illusion of complexity. And I've talked about that before, but that's a, you can, it's two different ways. It's, it's running the same plays out of different formations and it's running uh, different plays out of the same formation. And so we're starting to see that a little bit more now. I mean, it's, um, I was talking this past week, I was on, I was on lockdown Packers. And I talked to uh, Peter Bukowski about that a bit about like how we're starting to see now it's, it's hard to, the whole thing with the floors thing is you're starting you set up these tendencies and then you uh, you you run counter to those you know you kind of run those same looks but you run something different out of those. It's hard to do that under a first season if you've not actually set up your tendencies with that personnel. So we've seen like the first three to four games so far has been kind of a lot of setting a lot of that stuff up. Some of it kind of basic, um, but even you know I wrote earlier this week that came out on Tuesday about uh, the Vitali. We talked about that in the Broncos game that Vitali uh, vertical release up the middle. Well, we saw now two variations of that just run in this pass game alone off of that off of uh one of them vitaly running the wheel and they run a screen behind it another one was vitaly running and out when they're playing that wheel so you're kind of you're getting that stuff now where you're starting to see those and every week you're getting more of that you're seeing some of those tendencies that have been set up and the playbook is expanding week by week so seeing how that's working and then um i mean this whole offseason i've been watching that tennessee tape and just saying how's this going to look under packers personnel well now we're seeing it and it's really really exciting i think just kind of looking at and seeing all that so that was kind of my big takeaway a big thing to be excited about through five weeks is this team is still i mean this team's still not on the same page with some of this stuff and sarah mentioned excuse me some of the the playing a complete game type of stuff the fact that they're still figuring some of this stuff out and they're four and one is remarkable, but then also kind of seeing what they've set up so far and what they're going to be running off of that going forward and be able to actually see some of that in practice so far has been amazing. So that's, that's been one of my, like my big takeaway offensively. I've been really, really excited about and, Say the one thing not as high on. I just talked about how I don't think the uh, the run defense was a fatal flaw. I think they, they covered that up against the Cowboys game. I think there's still reason to be concerned there. Uh, so that's just, it's something to keep an eye on. It's not keeping me awake at night. Uh, the other parts of the team are so, so good that it seems minor-ish because they're not going to run up against a whole lot of teams that are as run-heavy or, or that game plan as well as, say, the Eagles do or as run-heavy as, say, the Cowboys like to do. Uh, but that is something to keep an eye on. So it is something just the, that, that run defense has been less than stellar. Those are those are my couple things. I absolutely love that, too, because I heard a interview with Alan Lazard, and he was on, I think, like 105.7, the fan down here in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and they do, you know, like a – thing with Packers players every single week. And he just, he was talking about how the, how the Packers have 20 offensive plays. And I just kind of sat there. I was like, what, like, what the hell do you mean? You have 20 offensive plays. Like that makes legit no sense. And then he starts going into the fact that they have off of each play. You have 20 other plays Mm -hmm. of there's other manipulations. There's other routes to run. Like, so you're showing these guys, these same initial 20 sets, And then you can run 20 different other things off of it. And it's kind of like, it's just so refreshing coming off from Mike McCarthy of like, I'm going to cram this one play down your throat and we're just going to do it as opposed to like, no, we're going to, we're going to adjust. We're going to do that. Like, so it's very, it's very cool. Like it's a lot of fun to watch. I think the one thing I have really enjoyed from this first five games of the season is that the Packers, when they win their games, they're doing it in different ways. Like I just said, Mike McCarthy's old school way of this is our offense. We're going to do it no matter what your defense is. It stopped working and it got really old. And I think Packers fans got really tired of it. So the fact that they are looking at scheming different ways and game planning different ways to win these games. I love that. I am absolutely – I'm all for it. Like, I understand that means Aaron Jones might not get the ball all the time, but I can digress. Like, I can put that aside because they are looking to attack these defenses in the smartest possible way, and that's what the NFL is about right now, which is is a welcome sign for me as a Packers fan. So I am digging that. Dusty, I'm kind of backing you up on the whole run defense. I'm – I'm a little bit shocked that they stopped Zeke as much as they did. I think that had a little bit more to do with the fact that they were down 31 to three yeah. than the fact that, cause you know, early in the game, Zeke was eating pretty hard. Like he was, he was getting six, seven at a clip. And if it didn't get that out of hand that quick, he probably would have been well into the one fifties. So that would be my only 
reason for concern. Like I love the fact that he didn't go over a hundred, but it's something that is definitely, definitely to keep an eye on. So let's jump right in Packers offense versus the lions defense. What do you guys got for me? When I look at these things, what I always try to do, I look at, I I generally start with kind of football outsiders matchup stuff. And I look at uh, kind of where's one team strong and the other team weak, whether that's, you know, passing game, running game, whatever. And so I'm looking at what are the Packers offense doing well, or what are the Packers offense doing poorly? And what are the, what's the Lions defense on the other side? Um, And so sometimes I, I just get very basic. I get with like, this is, they're good against the pass and this team's bad against the pass. Uh, but sometimes I have to go a little more situational. So that's what I did today. Um, so I decided to kind of look to see what the Packers are doing on early downs, uh, specifically first down. So when looking at first down, uh, and this is something I feel like they've, they've been doing a little bit more has been passing on first down. When pack, when passing on first down, the, the Packers by, uh, by football outsiders DVOA are fourth in the league when passing on first down, uh, and 26 when rushing on first down. Uh, and currently, the Lions are 18th defending the pass on first down. So the Packers, uh, just from that, I took, okay, Packers could find success if they pass early. But I wanted to kind of get a little deeper and say, okay, where, where can they target this area? Where, where, where can they do the most damage? Uh, so if they're passing on first down, this is where they go. Uh, when targeting the middle, the short middle area of the field, which is within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage, uh, the Packers are averaging 7.8 yards an attempt on 83.3% completion. Uh, and they target that area about like 15% of the time. Uh, when they pass to the right or the left, they they complete 62% of their passes versus 83 for 5.4 yards per attempt versus 7.8. Uh, now, when defending that same area of the field on first down, the Lions are giving up 7.3 yards on 75% completion as opposed to 5.1 yards and 62% completion right or left. So so this is and just to kind of run that back a little bit. So when targeting the short middle on first down over the right or left, the Lions are giving up 2.3 more yards per attempt in the middle area and a 12.8% higher completion percentage, while the Packers are averaging 2.4 yards more per, per at a 21.3% higher completion percentage. So I'm looking for what the Packers could find success, pass early, pass on first down, target that middle Packers are strong there. That's the Lions' weakest area. So that's what I'm looking for. Please, please do that. You're like, I don't ask for much. Yeah. It's just, I'm a simple man. I have a simple man. LaFleur's phone number. Like someone, like somebody through this whole thing has to have like a LaFleur connection. There's gotta be somebody that can get you his email, his phone number, like you like a text him or email him. And I assume he would block me immediately. So uh, that's yeah, probably, but you not, know probably what you're talking about. Yeah, you've got some very valid points. <laughs> like as long as you're not a jackass to him, like you exactly. are to me, I'm sure he'd listen. Well, here's what he does. And Matt, Matt, I'm speaking to you. Matt, he listens to this, old Matty, old Matty LaFleur. He listens to this and then does it because Isn't he's he the same he's, age as you. Uh, he's, I think he's a couple years older. No, he's the same age. He's 39. Yeah, he uh, is. Yeah. I feel, he's a couple <laughs> months, though. I feel like I'm younger than him. I am the younger one in this relationship. Um, so I feel like he listens. He does what I say, but then he takes the credit for it. He's not, he's because I'm giving this to him for free. You understand this is, this is, I, I think that's the, I think that's what's going on right now, which is cool, man. Just as long as you keep winning, Matt, you do whatever you want to do. I speak to you in the first name. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> we are friends now. I'm just going to refer to him as Matt now, the rest of this podcast. <laughs> so as far as something I'm looking for, just what I think, would be important for this game. I don't know. I lost what I was going to say mid-sentence there. Anyways, moving on. Um, (laughs) So I'm very curious to see what Matt and Aaron Rodgers come up with (laughs) in this game. Um, Or I'm sorry, Matt and Aaron. It's just Aaron. It's just Aaron. What am I doing? God. We're on a first-name basis with these guys now. (laughs) So the other Aaron, Aaron J, obviously (laughs) had a fantastic game last week. So I'm very interested to see if they utilize him in a similar way, kind of what Steve talked about before, and if the Lions will be ready for that. I don't know if they will. I think it's very interesting. Something that I kind of read up a little bit on before this was that the Lions are notorious for in past seasons for kind of exposing some weak spots and some very hot offenses. So with the Rams last year, they exposed them a lot. And I know Belichick afterwards 
like credited back to the film that they watched on that game after the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. And they were saying that they really exposed a lot of things and opened up a lot in their game plan for how they were going to approach that based on the way that they played against the Rams. So I think that's interesting, but I also think it's not something to worry about a lot because I think we know the Packers where their weaknesses are. And especially if Devontae Adams isn't playing again this week, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the receivers and what goes on there. And if they're going to you know, stay on the ground a little more than usual. So I think our offense is easily going to hang with their defense. It's just, what's our game plan going to look like? How's Matt going to, you know, adjust and we'll go from there. <laughs> I like that you kept with it through the whole thing. That was great, Sarah. I, I, you got to be committed when you do something like that. You can't check it out halfway through. So. Even did Aaron J. I like the, I like the yeah. Aaron J. a lot. Uh, kind of piggybacking on what Sarah's talking about. I'm just I'm looking at the game plan because what I talked about earlier was they're adjusting their game plan weekly. So I want to see how they think they can attack the Lions' defense. I want to see what. Matt thinks is their weaknesses where his his offense can definitely attack that. And so that's it's pretty, pretty simple, but I just wanna I'm hoping that he continues to adjust the offense to how he thinks it can best hurt their the weaknesses of their defense and kind of go from there. So the the defense I feel is gonna be fine. Like carry on Johnson's a good running back, but I mm. still feel that they'll be able to you know, keep him under control. I'm a little worried about Kenny Galladay because that's a big, big bodied wide receiver. And like, he's, he's good. I, I like him a lot. Like he's going to be wreaking havoc in the NFC North for a long time. And I'm looking at the other, I guess the other thing I'm looking for is a Jair Alexander bounce back game Yeah, because he got, he bit pretty hard on multiple, multiple first moves. And I want to see what he does now. I want to like, he came back at the end of the game and make some good plays, like, which is a great sign, but I want to see it again. I want to see him come back and have a strong game. So I'm looking for some good stuff from the offense, seeing if they can, you know, do some things that the lions haven't seen yet. And I want to see Jair Alexander, Kevin King. I want to see those guys continue to have some, some good games against uh, the passing game. So, Let's hit some scores. Uh, Dusty and I are sitting at four and one records along with the Green Bay Packers. Sarah is sitting at a three and two record. So the uh, the loser will be having the first pick in the draft. Uh, what's your score, Sarah? I am going to say that the Lions, but really the Packers, are going to win 34-27. All right. What do I, I'm still not sure what I'm writing down. So am I writing down the I Packers have, or the Lions? are winning 34-27 but I'm but I feel like I'm bad luck but we'll see you picked one game relax Dusty I'm gonna go um so the one thing I will say that concerns me a little about this is the Packers are coming off what ended up being a little more stressful victory on a Sunday afternoon than I would have liked uh they still you know a little banged they up were we don't... on the road they were, they were they were I'm let me build let me okay, build. Sorry. It's still, uh, it's still, it's still a stressful ending. It's a stressful ending. I, it came down the wire a little more. The little banged up. I don't know. I didn't see. Did either of you guys see? We didn't talk about this beforehand. Uh, if there's any word on Lindsley, if he's starting, I haven't seen anything yet. Okay, I I'm, thought I'm, I'm, in, I'm anticipating that he's not going to play. I mean, it's a concussion, like, yeah, and it's, and it's on an offensive lineman. I mean, he gets his head hit every single play. I'm assuming so. I, mean, I, I kind of liked what I saw. Like, I like Lucas Patrick. I thought he, he seemed fine. He's not as good. Outside as of the direct snaps. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> Outside of the direct snaps. I don't know. Like, it's, it's – No, he it's... was. He was. He got thrown into a very difficult situation in Dallas. Like, that's a loud, loud place to play. And mm -hmm. he he was playing at the end of the game when it was the, – the crowd was very into it. And – he did his job well. Like he blocked. Like he was. He took on. He took on multiple blockers. Like he he did a great job. I'm just toying around because there were two or three snaps that were wide right for sure. Yeah. yeah. But no, overall he did great. He did yeah, great. but I mean that is still concerning. I mean, you missed the center of your line. That might be. That's a little concerning. I don't know what the status of Devonte Adams is. So I mean, you've got some guys kind of banged up, and the Lions are also coming off a bye week. 
Uh, those are, that's that's kind of what concerns me. The Lions are going to be rested. They're going to be preparing for this game. That being said, I, mean, I just talked about you, Steve. You talked about the game planning. I talked about the scheme. I really like where Lafleur is going with this offense. I like how it's building. I like what they've set up. Um, I think what what I like. I mean, a lot of times what I've talked about as well with some of the scheme stuff is you know you set up the short to hit the big. Um, I've never really talked about the working backwards off of that, which is you threaten deep at just to set up the short stuff to set up. You know, second and eight as opposed to second or second and two as opposed to like second and nine or something like that. Just to open that space to get guys to create, which is what he's been doing. And then you can build the deep shots then off of that as well. So I like what I've seen. He's got he's obviously been building to something really, really well. Every week he's getting better. So even with the Lions having that week, I don't know how much that prep does for them because I think LaFleur is still kind of building and molding that offense a little bit. So I'm going to go. I feel I feel good, man. I feel real, real good. Um, I'm going to go Packers. Slightly less than Sarah. I'm going Packers uh, 30 to 27. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's coming down to the wire, but uh, I feel good about the Packers' chances. I'm digging it. Uh, one stat that I've got is that the Packers have continually scored more points. They're building, so they're going up mm. and up and up. And so there's one, I think it was 27 and 27 in week three and four, if that's right. Uh, but then they've, you know, they they went up to uh, 34. So I'm going to go with that theme. I'm going to continue on. The Packers are going to score 38 points. The Lions are going to score 24. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is my uh, – they are not playing a top 10 scoring defense again. Um, all of, Actually, that was one of the other stats that I saw that I really enjoyed. I think it was uh, – let me – find it really quick but that the packers all of their victories have been against um a the top 10, top 10 I saw scoring that. defense um well and the lions as well i mean what the lions have done so well is, is create those takeaways i know they've had of their three of their four games they've had multiple takeaways and uh i think three of the five games the packers have not turned the ball over so if they hold on to the ball um they, they should they should be able to win this fairly handily i would think so all four of the Packers' wins in 2019 have come against teams currently ranked in the top ten of scoring defenses. So, Steve, if you if this trend continues with the scoring, are you just going to predict that they're winning like <laughs> 60 to 21 by like week nine or something? Or until I'm proven wrong, yeah. I mean, I like it. Why not? I, like yeah. I kind of have to at that point. I mean, that, like it's it's just an upward tick. Like, a, yep, 77 this week. That's right. A, Aaron Jones can have four touchdowns, and then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers throws two touchdowns. We're a goal. Like, it's mm-hmm. good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If they can score 60, I – oh, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to make any proclamations about when they score 60. That's going to be next week. You've already got that saved up for next week. <laughs> mm, we'll see. We'll see. But you never know. It could happen. It could happen. Mm-hmm. That rounds us out to our closing thoughts. So, Sarah, has anything percolated into your mind since uh, you told us you didn't have any closing thoughts? No, I don't have any closing thoughts today. Just go, Pat, go. Excited for the game. Monday night football. That's it. All right, Dusty, tell me what you got going on. I know you got some articles. You got some other stuff going on. But uh, what what do you want to leave Packer Nation with? I've had a big week, man. I I decided to write a piece uh, on Tuesday. Uh, that came out this past Tuesday um, that about the, about what I kind of talked about before, kind of a couple of plays we saw this past week that played off the Vitaly wheel, which one of my Twitter followers uh, dubbed the cheese wheel, which I am a big, big <laughs> fan of. And I'm just pissed. I've not thought of that before. So uh, Vitaly wheels uh, here to for just for, forever now known as the cheese wheel. So I wrote about that. Um, so kind of a short little, uh, I used to kind of do a couple articles a week and one of them kind of more of a bite-sized film study in case you don't want to look at six plays. Uh, so this was three and kind of showing, especially highlighting this illusion of complexity. The two of the plays that we saw this past week were from the exact same formation from the exact same personnel grouping doing two entirely different things. Uh, so that was a really, really cool look, especially building off that vitality uh, vertical. So that went up on Tuesday. Um, I was on lockdown Packers on Tuesday. I got to talk to uh, Peter Bukowski, which was awesome. And then I've got uh, today, Thursday, I've got uh, kind of my main piece coming out over on Cheesehead. Uh, breaking down six plays, including uh, Mercedes Lewis screen pass that I'm in just way irrationally excited about. Uh, that's the the number one play on there that I covered. That's amazing. Again, just kind of speaking towards uh, what the floor has been building and now what we're starting to see run off of that, which has been awesome. 
And then uh, piece up on Packer report on the two miscommunications between Rodgers and MVS uh, that we saw this past week and kind of what they were seeing, why that kind of broke down. Um, so yeah, big, big week, three pieces, uh, this podcast and a podcast guest spot. It's been a good week, man. It's a, and, and victory week. Um, Killing it, dude. Good very good you. week. Very good, good week. You. Thank you. And you married some people. And I married some people. And DJed that wedding. I'm a dudist, man. I took a vow. I took a solemn vow to abide when I clicked that button. <laughs> on the internet i said i will abide and i am trying to hold to that so <laughs> you just live you're just living the best you're living your best I, life possible aren't you i certainly am steve i certainly am <laughs> well i will end things on a note where uh most wisconsin fans i'm sure can follow with me i freaking hate the st louis cardinals Amen. they suck I hate them. They sit there with their holier than thou attitudes of like the baseball gods. And, you know, Oh, I didn't like that. You played the you game the right it. way. You mm. a home run and you watched it for too long, or you didn't run around the base fast enough after you hit a home run off of us. So they do all of that crap nonstop yet. Yadier Molina hits a sacrifice freaking fly to win the game. And then he runs over to first base, chucks his bat into the outfield, and does a throat slashing sign. Like, I'm sorry, you all, you got, you guys all suck. They all suck. Their fans suck. I hate them all. I really hope they don't win the World Series. It's just so annoying that they can consistently do this whole like, oh no, we're the best fans in the world, and then they do crap like that. Well, Steve, we've talked about this before. We're we're very much pro bat flip on this podcast. Oh, absolutely! And I thought, like, taken in a vacuum, that bat flip was great. That bat flip was tremendous. But then you're also like, okay, Molina has legitimately started fights over people, over bat like, flips. yeah, over bat flips or doing like you didn't respect the game or whatever the devil like mm-hmm. nonsense that they're that they're running over there. So that was kind of a that bat flip was cool. Coming from Molina, that's really ridiculous. Yeah, I, I love bat flips. Like, give me all of them because it just it injects fun. It's like it's it's celebration. Like, you know that the guys that are hitting the home runs are excited about it, and it's a good time. But off, I've never seen a sacrifice fly bat flip. I know it's a game four to win a game. That's that's exciting. Uh, but no, what's the no. bat flip? I'm cool with. I like the bat flip. I like the enthusiasm. I like the chucking. I don't like who it came from, given yeah. the history. Or yeah, exactly. Throat slash is like a little much. Like I'm like, okay, we got it. Like we get it. I yeah, and then and then they came out and scored ten runs in the first inning, of game five, and I hate them even more. Yeah. Um, side note: If you got anybody listening has children, don't read the Cinderella book to your kids. Um, I read that tonight to my daughter, and it was one of the worst stories that I've ever read because you realize. It's so, so horrible, and the prince is a creeper that has a foot fetish. So just do yourself a favor. Avoid the Cinderella story because, you know, he's dancing with her all night. Doesn't remember her face, but remembers the foot size. Like, has that down to a T. Like, just avoid the whole thing. It's just bad. Like, all those 80s movies are not good. But those are my closing thoughts. Those are my closing thoughts. So (laughs) Very uplifting. um, That was kind of all over the place for you. It was baseball, backflip, Cinderella. People can people can see it, but he readjusted his hat legitimately ten times. times. He's like running his running his hands through his hair in like agitation. The entire Molina really pisses me off. I'm not gonna lie. They so mad. They like I am still really pissed off from like losing to the Cardinals. I think 2011 when they were lose when they lost in the NLCS, I was at one of those games and like, I got into it with some Cardinals fans and like, it's still, I can replay it in my mind and it still gets me going. So it, yeah. that gets yeah, that. Yeah. annoys the crap out of me. My younger brother's father-in-law is a Cardinals fan and he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. And also the only Cardinals fan I've ever met that I've, that I've liked. I think. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I know a Cardinals fan. Eh, I know one or two of them that are actually pretty decent, but outside of that, most of them are Jags. I'm a Tigers fan. I have yeah, no. I, ho- I have no I horse like on the race, and I still don't like the Cardinals. See, you're a smart man. 
Thank you. Oh my god. What? Ah, look at that. Oh. All right. We just end it now. This no, it. no. See, the problem is, is we have to end it the same way we ended it last week, because the Packers beat Dallas in Dallas, and I have to say something I don't want to say to you, Dusty. <laughs> Uh, rules is rules, Steve. I know. I love you guys. <laughs> the pain that was on <laughs> your face when you I'm said so, that. Just so upset. Just made it that much better. Honestly. Yeah, I understand. That's one of those things. I was trying to mess with you guys when I did it last week, and then all of a sudden they won. And as soon as they won in my head, I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm going to have to do it again. Now he's saying I love you out of spite, which yeah. I'm fine with. Yeah, I was, we'll take it. Like We've been the marriages in the I world. Like Steve I and I have been in a relationship for about a year now, so I feel like this is Oof. about time for that. Yeah, despite I love you, I think that's about right. Oh, I think mm-hmm. we're good. I think we're good. Next level. Mm-hmm. Now you're just gonna get a, you know, next year you're just gonna get a card that'll say it, and that's it. Okay, uh, that sounds good. That sounds that's great, Steve. I look forward to that. All right. Well, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. It should be hopefully a victory Thursday again. Uh, where the Packers will be five and one, and we'll be talking about some um, some fun stuff. So, Dusty, Sarah, it's great. Talk to you guys uh, next week. Make sure to follow them always on Twitter um, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah, at Sarah Kelleher four at Steve Perhatch. Uh, hit us with your Packers comments, your Oreo comments. Actually, uh, before we go, I do have to say mm-hmm. a special shout out to Dusty for. Uh, giving me the gift of Aaron Jones waving goodbye to the Dallas defender while having the in sync bye 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 playing. My friend, that was outstanding. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> That's my way of saying I love you. I do it, I, I do it through actions. I was words. just going to say, through <laughs> well it's it's very very appreciated i thought i thought you would enjoy that i saw I was like i can't not do it steve mentioned this um yeah yeah it came out really good i was really proud of that one all right well we'll catch you guys next week thank you all as always for tuning into the pack a day podcast and you can always catch us at pack a day podcast as well so we'll catch you next week thursday and as always go pack go <laughs>